Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, we are live with an instant reaction podcast. As you can see, uh, I lost my voice at the Patriots game. Uh, their home opener, the Patriots also lose uh, phone of the Ravens, 37 to 26. Uh, we'll get into the injury stuff, you know, afterwards, of course. But I think as bad as as bad as the score looked and as bad as some of the plays were, I don't think that's all negative. I don't think we, you know, I think there were a lot of positives to take away from this game. As bad as the final score looks, you know, I really, I really didn't hate the way the Patriots played today. No, and I think that's what makes the game so frustrating. This, in some ways, felt a lot like kind of the game against the Cowboys last year, where yeah. you're playing a big team at home and you're the underdog, but you know if you play well, you're going to have a chance. And you made the plays you had to make to make the game close, and you right. just couldn't couldn't take it to that next level. Max yeah. decision making is something that's going to be called into focus after this, which. The other point of this, the reason that we're talking about Mac's decision-making as a low point is because of how good it was for most of the game. Right. Mac Jones kept the Patriots in this game. For three quarters of it, he played with Lamar Jackson. I mean, this was a duel between the two of them. I mean, and Mac was making plays in the running game. We yeah. saw him make that fantastic play that scrambling, scrambling on fourth and awesome. one. And yeah. the two-point conversion, unfortunately, didn't count. The knee was down for as close as it was. But some truly, truly fantastic plays. That's why this was close. And then you just have a couple plays that don't go the right way. Um, I think Isaiah Wynn really, really hurt them early in this one. Yeah. Uh, at one point, seven of nine Patriots drives got into Baltimore territory. But two of those happened in the first half where you didn't get points out of it because you had issues once you crossed midfield. Another one, you're only getting a field goal instead of possibly a touchdown because you got, I think that was a false start from Wynn. Yep. Uh, I think he had a false start and a holding, if I'm remembering that correctly. And it's tough. It's They're playing well enough to be in situations to win and then not making the winning plays then, which is what we saw week one and the opposite of what we saw last week. Right. Uh, and it's and the I same think, thing from last week, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think at the same time, you got to give a lot of credit to Lamar Jackson. I thought he was freaking terrific all game long. I thought he played made a lot of plays. They got into the red zone and he made the right play every time. Yeah, which Pat's made it difficult on him. There were two touchdowns in there where he's putting the ball right where it needs to be. I think you'd want Devin McCourty to break up that touchdown pass to Andrews if you can. Uh, but that one to Duvernay in the corner was just a perfectly placed football. And we talked about it on, I think, was at the Thursday show about how you're going to make the depth options beat you. And if they beat you, you tip your cap. And that's what that Duvernay touchdown felt like. Although, Baltimore special teams setting up short field with that punt return. Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, if only the Patriots had an electric punt returner on their roster. I mean, if only they did, I mean, you know, I, I'll tell you this much. 
Marcus Jones returned some kicks today, and I did not think he looked great doing that. If he's looked returning punts the way he looked returning kicks, I don't think he had great vision. So that might explain some of the difference because for as many muffs as Miles Bryant has had, he's also made a couple of really nice plays. Uh, is he I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm with I mean, you. I want to see more Marcus. You got to have a guy back there that can catch the ball first and foremost. And, yeah. you know, Miles Bryant now is muffed didn't have twice. This long of a leash. <laughs> right, right. I, do, I just don't, I don't get it. Right. And so he gets beat by Duvernay on the touchdown. And as you said, it was a, it was a really nice throw. I thought he could have done a better job in coverage initially, right? He gets there and he fights with the ball at the point of contact. And of course, Duvernay comes down with it instead of, you know, instead of him. But like, I thought the coverage could have been a little bit better than it was. Um, but overall, Myers Bryant was fine. I thought, you know, Dietrich Wise had a fantastic game. So good. Obviously, gets three sacks. But then he was out a lot in the second half. I, I was very confused by some of the rotations they had. It seemed strange. I didn't see Wise as much on the field in the second half as they did in the first half, which I was a little surprised about. And again, I haven't looked at the snap count, but that's just from me being there, watching the game, just not seeing him on the field as much, right? Not seeing 91 out there. So that was surprising to me. I thought individually, and and by the way, in the running game too, Wise had some really nice plays where, you know, he, they ran a Duvernay, I think, came on, on, a, uh, on a reverse or on a jet sweep. And, you know, he lost four yards because Wise was the outside yeah. man there and, and made a really nice play on it. So... You know, those are things that he had one, you know, one of the sacks where he, he you know, got Lamar in the open field and, and, and chased him down and brought him down. And I was very impressed by that. So, you know, those are things that you like to see. The The Ravens have an explosive offense. They just, they do. They do. And so when you turn the ball over three times against them and, you know, one of them is deep in your own, in your own end, you're going to give up points, right? And there were moments that, you know, you'd like to have back that you thought they didn't do a good enough job in, in stopping them. And they rushed for almost 200 yards today and threw for almost 200 yards today. So it's hard when, you know, when they're running so effectively. Um, but some of the time, it, sometimes it's Lamar. Like there was one play where they, they pulled the guards and Wise stood up the guard that pulled them. But, you know, then the running back is running this way, almost like a counter the running back's going to the right. And then Lamar runs back to the left. But after wise already taken on the block, there's no way he can make that play. It's impossible. That, that guy's coming in for, to kick him out. Yeah. He's got to blow over his shoulder. And then Lamar runs right around him. And it's like, how the heck can you, you can't possibly stop that. Right. So sometimes those things are going to happen, but I thought the defense overall played pretty well today, even though they gave up 37 points. Yeah, and it was just, it was a couple drives in a row where the Patriots just right. didn't have an answer, and that's yep. what killed them defensively. And uh, they made some key stops late. They held up. They kept the Patriots in the game and gave the offense a chance to make plays to go ahead. Yes. Um, but I mean, I think Guy went out with an injury partway through, which that'll be a situation to monitor. Mm -hmm. The rushing defense was not as good after that. You right. you don't have Raquan McMillan. I thought Mac Wilson had a tough day. And I thought it was probably going to be a tough day for him. That's just a really hard assignment um, and for the player he is, too. And I thought being able to rotate Wilson and McMillan on a day like today probably helps you out. Yeah. Um, and the big one, no Kyle Duggar on defense. This is this game is why you draft Kyle Duggar for, 100%. for an offense like this. And you don't have him to match up against tight ends. Mark Andrews dominated them for a couple drives in this sure game. did. Um, if you have Duggar, I don't think that happens as often. And right. yeah, I mean, Jabril Peppers is a smaller guy than Duggar's is. And you saw that today. 
He just yeah. doesn't have that same force down in the box. So it's tough. I mean, you can't really blame injuries. The Ravens were down guys too. You want people to make plays, but it felt like a game for most of it. The Patriots felt like one or two players short and you're missing one of your best players on offense, one of your best players on defense in the game. It's it's, it's one of those. You feel optimistic. It, this was, it was a moral victory in some ways, except for the fact that the offense shot itself in the foot. And then you have injury added to insult at the end there with Mac. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, and John, you know, John's in the comments saying that you can't say they played well while allowing five TDs and they were five, five in the red zone. I, listen, you're not wrong about that. I just think that you see flashes from this defense of things that you like. You see guys that played well. I thought Jack Jones played pretty well today. I was I was happy with some of the things that they did. And again, it's not a full game, but you also have to understand too, the offense sucked at times, right? And they played well too. I thought the offense, there were some good things to take away from the offense today, right? I thought Devontae Parker finally showed up. Um, he again wasn't on the same page with Mac on a few of those. Um but I thought Mac took some chances today. I was happy to see him do that. The the pass to Kendrick Bourne at the end of was that the end of the game? Where they th- where he threw it to Bourne and Bourne came down with it, or was it the end of the first? It might have been the end of the first end half. Of the first half, yeah. Um, you know where where Bourne uh, where Bourne made a nice play. So like you know he made a nice play. The the throw to Aguilar where Aguilar ended up fumbling was a fantastic throw. He gets it in there right in front of the defender. You know it's a bullet pass that that Aguilar made a nice play on. You just got to hold on to the football afterwards, right? So they were they were good things from both sides where you look at the offense, you say, okay, there were some really nice plays in the offense and some really bad plays in the offense. And you look at the defense yeah. too and you say, hey, there was some really nice plays. Mac Wilson, you mentioned, look, I thought Mac Wilson played okay today. Not the running game, but I thought he played okay today overall. You saw some of that speed and athleticism with him We're chasing down Lamar and, and, and doing some of those things. But then sometimes in the passing game, looks lost. Sometimes... When you know they get a, a guard on them, the guy's toast if you get a guard on them, right? So, so that's like, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, you see some good things, but there's a lot of there's a lot of not so good things there too. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you look at the defense, you force a couple three and outs, get an interception, um, you force a fumble on what I thought was a fantastic play from Jonathan Jones, who also got yep. the pick. Jonathan Jones had a great day today. He did, um, and you had a drive. It's not a three and out, but uh, Baltimore didn't get a first down and had to settle for a field goal after. Uh, one of the Mac interceptions. So the defense, right. I mean, it, it was feast or famine with the defense. You have those. You had one, there's only one other drive where Baltimore's moving the ball and then has to punt. And that was late in the game. Other than that, it's, you have a 69-yard touchdown drive, a 75-yard touchdown drive, a 75-yard touchdown drive, a 73-yard touchdown drive, and there's a 44-yarder in there as well. It's those long ones. And right. The defense made when the defense made splash plays, some of the time they were able to get off the field, and the other times they didn't make any plays good off the field. And a right. part of that is I think Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field. He's usually the best player on the field, and he made plays that we couldn't make. But it's it's this really weird spot where the defense played really, really well for half the game and had a really tough time for the other half. And I think you probably want one of those drives. If you can you can force them to settle for two field goals on some of those drives and now you're looking at however many points that is off the board from 14 down to eight points off the board it's a different game and i think the same thing goes the opposite for the patriots just how often they've been able to get the ball into enemy territory and they're not coming out with anything i mean you have that that fourth down where 
Um, they can't get it, which I thought was a great play from Baltimore too. They they came around and defended that really well. It was kind of the reverse of what we saw last week in Pittsburgh on that third down. Um, so that was tough. Um, you have the play with the interception in the end zone with the pass to Devontae Parker, which is really, really, that's a bad play from Mac. And from the body language on the sideline, I know you're in the stadium, so you probably missed that. But they cut to Mac on the sideline, and he's screaming, it's F and cover four, which to me indicates he expected Devontae Parker to do something different there. I, I don't know. We're not in the room. So it's hard to speculate, but just it's it's the situational football, which is where this team is usually so good. Yeah. And penalties, which right. the penalties weren't that bad, but it was just, it was Isaiah win a couple times. It was enough. Drives. It was enough. And they, you know, Patriots getting held all the way. And the fact that the Ravens got called for zero holding calls is ridiculous. They were holding all day long, all day long. They were holding, which was frustrating, right? The Ravens, I think, had two penalties called them, and they were both false start penalties. I mean, it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Now, there was I one play. And I thought it was a little bit, there were probably a couple blocks in the back there. Yes, yes. And then there was one play where uh, Mark Andrews ran out for a route and was getting held the entire time, and they didn't throw a flag. And I'm like, I'm like what is going on right now? Like, it's, yes. It, it was just, weird. it was bizarre. Which, I was glad that they, sides. I was glad that for the most part they let them play too. Yes, I'll, I will take refing like this over a game with twenty flags, and you're like, right. "Oh, we're calling that today." But, but it is difficult when you know so when guys are trying to get off their block and they're clearly being held, and it's just like the guy's got them wrapped around. It's kind of like, well, what do you want them to do? You know, so yeah. that could be that's frustrating. But you know, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, but honestly, like I just what I keep going back to, and I guess we'll talk about the Mac injury in a second. But like. They were plays. Now, the Devontae Parker, the interception he threw when he was trying to throw to Devontae Parker, which, by the way, he had two interceptions throwing while throwing to Devontae Parker. The first one was terrible. I don't know what the hell he was looking at. It was a terrible throw anyways. I don't even know if it gets yeah. to Devontae Parker, even if that guy doesn't intercept it. It was a bad, just a bad decision and a bad throw. The interception in the end zone was a terrible throw. But I really, th- I mean, Devontae Parker, if you watch his route on that play, he just runs straight and never even turns around. He just ran straight into the end zone. And the guy's right on him. I, I just clearly Mac was expecting him to go to the back of the end zone. But this is part of the problem. And this happened a little bit with Brady mm-hmm. in 07 and really, you know, then in 09 a little bit. He would just, you know, something wouldn't be going on. And he would say, F it. Randy's there somewhere and just throw it. And, and like, yeah. and that's not, Devontae Parker's a good player. He's a good player. When he has, he has the ability to make some plays. He had that long pass play where Mac kind of dropped it in the bucket and he caught it, which was nice. He had that really nice back shoulder, which was a nice play by him and a beautiful throw by Mac. But, you know, it's he is not that guy. He's not Randy Moss. I'm sorry, he's not. And so Mac needs to stop just trying to just throw it up to him, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's – and it, this is what's so frustrating about that is because he didn't do that last year. Last year he understood – Sometimes it's okay to just throw an interception, to throw an incompletion, just throw it away. You don't have to try to throw a touchdown. Just get rid of it. Yeah, you know, and so and, and he hasn't been doing that enough. And I don't know if that's something to do with Parker or if that's more to do with Mac, but it just drives me crazy. Well, and there's kind of this misconception out there that 
what Mac Jones is, is he's like, I don't know, he's Kirk Cousins or he's Terod Taylor or like he's some check down king. And he isn't that. You go back to his Alabama tape, he's never been that. He loves to throw it deep. He loves to be a gunslinger. He doesn't right. always have the accuracy. But really the area in the chunk plays he's been missing is stuff over the middle of the field, the intermediate game, out, uh, comebacks outside the numbers, which he did at Alabama. I don't think he's had the guys to do it in the NFL. No. He loves to take those deep shots. He loves to be aggressive. His issue is sometimes he doesn't know when to take that shot. And I don't have an issue with throwing it up to your guy, but you also have to look at what's going on, and you have to read the defense, and you have to read the situation. You're down by five. It's third down in the red zone. If you don't throw that pick there, you settle for three points. The defense got off the field, and they forced that fumble on the next drive, and I think it was the next driver. That might have been the drive coming It was. Uh, Somewhere in that sequence. Either way. There's the play with Nelson Aguilar, and you're in a situation where if Mac doesn't throw that pick and then Aguilar doesn't fumble the ball, you are probably looking at a Patriots lead with however much time there is left in the game. Right. And that's where the turnovers kill you. I thought Aguilar's had a really nice start to this season. And to have two fumbles already, it's really tough for a guy you're asking to be reliable, for a guy who, I mean, all these receivers are battling for playing time. Myers is the clear number one. Parker is the clear X for now. Everybody else is battling for time. And if you want to lose time to Kendrick Bourne, the way to do that is two fumbles in three games. Mm-hmm. You want to lose time to Taquan Thornton when he comes back, that's how you do it. And it stinks because I like Nelson Aguilar. I think he's been a good player this year. I think he and Mac finally have chemistry. But you just can't you just can't have those turnovers. And that's what's killing you. Um, I see some comments from John here in the chat because the other thing, you mentioned that Devontae Parker pick the first one missing john says he's missing guys drifting into his lanes we've seen that last year preseason now spot on it's an area he just has not seen underneath defenders he almost right. threw a pick at the goal line on a similar thing I saw him do it last week and had a pick dropped the i will say the pick the pick last the almost pick last week and the almost pick at the goal line this week that's not on mac that that one the throw to Dev- the throw to um Damian Harris, which I don't know why they get in cute down the goal line. Just freaking run it down the throat. Like you, you can do that. And they can they have the ability to do that. You have the guys, both Ramondre and Harris can get you that touchdown at the two-yard line. There's no reason to throw it. But that throw, he's not even looking. That's catch it, throw it, it's gonna be there. And Hunter Henry has his guy and then lets him go. And Patrick Queen almost takes it to the house because Hunter Henry doesn't hold his block, right? And so, like that that's not on Mac because that is one of those throws that this is a pick play. It's going to work. It's going to be open. It's going to, he's going to walk in for a touchdown. I hated that play. I hated, hated the fourth down call throw to, uh, born behind the line of scrimmage. He running up. It made no sense. Well, it's, um, and they showed the wide angle. It's supposed to be a pick play. We get a lot of man coverage. You do the pick play guys got momentum. We've seen that work against the Patriots for a while. I think the problem is defenses are playing. And Marlon Humphrey made a fantastic play to see it come in and get there. But But I just just, hate that. I hate the thought of throwing the ball. Why are we throwing the ball on its fourth and three? Why are we throwing the ball short of the six? What are we doing? You know, like, or or like at the very least, you start looking at that play and you say, okay, Bourne runs that out. When Bourne runs that out, both of those defenders are jumping up on Bourne. Right, so now the next thing you do, all right, that's in the arsenal. We saw that Parker's got it easy there if Mac can stop it. And the problem is that that's just such a tough play to ask the quarterback to make too, because 
you're throwing that. It's not like in theory, the quarterback can go through his progressions on that. But typically it's just there's one read on the play. You're throwing it right. to him. And unless he's covered, unless he's blanketed, you're not going to throw it. But right. that wasn't the case. Here was open. He caught the ball. That just wasn't the issue. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear a crazy snap, Pat? Let's hear it. This, this is, and this is from before the game. We've talked a lot about how we've had issues with the Patriots offense. Mm-hmm. They are ninth. And this is before this game. They were ninth in the NFL in yards per drive. They were a top 10 offense in ability to move the ball. The problem is they're 27th in points per drive, 30th in scoring percentage, and had the fourth worst turnover percentage in the NFL. That's brutal. That's And that's the story right now. And it goes back to what we said preseason. It goes back to what we're talking about at the end of last year. The offense is good enough to move the ball. They got guys who can make plays. We saw receivers winning against man coverage. We yep. saw Mac making plays. The running game was playing pretty well, except for a couple penalties. The offense moved the ball and was getting into position. It's just the turnovers that kill you. And yep. you just, if the Patriots have one, and they had four turnovers today with that late Mac pick, I don't really care that much about that one. But if the Patriots had one turnover today, and they didn't make some of the dumb plays. I don't know if they win, but they come off the field late in the fourth quarter with the lead. 100%. Yep. And you know what? If that happens and Lamar goes down and beats you, Lamar goes down and beats you. That happens. Right. right. But that's that's what you're asking for. And they, I, I liked the heart from this team to battle back, too. You, you give up a touchdown early and you come back and you take the lead. I thought this team showed a ton of heart all game. And I thought yeah, Matt I Patricia called a great game. It's just... It's a bunch of little mistakes that are small in that they're only one or two plays, but huge in the amount they change the game. That 100%. was the case last week, and yeah. that was the case week one. If this offense right. cleans up the mistakes, if it's one turnover per game, instead of uh, well, they have eight giveaways in three games, Yep. and John throwing that in the comments, if it's three in three games, they might be 3-0 and oh right now. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the frustrating part, right, is that this is not what they usually do. This is not the Patriots' M.O. The Patriots typically don't make mistakes. And I think, I wonder now, and I don't know, but I wonder now if a li- they're giving Mac more and they're telling him to be aggressive and they're telling him to, to push the ball down the field and, they're te- and, and that he hasn't quite figured that out in the NFL yet. Right, that yeah. last year they kind of toned it down a little bit. They said, "Okay, we're not really getting, really getting at. Okay, we'll get after it a few times, but we're not really opening everything up for you." And this year they've opened it up, and we're seeing some of those really poor decisions from him, where we didn't see that stuff last year, right? And I just wonder if it's because they're giving him more freedom, and he hasn't really he hasn't figured out how to use that freedom yet, right? And so, and I don't know, like you know, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I just wonder, like. If he has too much freedom right now and he needs to learn, like, hey, I can't do that. Like, I can't yeah. just throw it up there and, and, and you know, and hope that he'll come down with it. Right. So, uh, again, I'm not sure, but I, I wonder if that's not what we're seeing because it's very uncharacteristic of Mac. He didn't do that at all last year. He didn't make those horrible decisions where you're like, what are you even looking at? Well, he, he started doing that, I think, after the bye week. And I think yeah, that is right. kind of a turning point. Um, since the bye week last year, the only games where they haven't had multiple turnovers, the game against Jacksonville where they ran them out of the building and that yep. game really was not a contest, and the game against Pittsburgh last week. Right. Those are the only and those are the only two that they've won in that stretch. And I think 
um, just from the eye test, it seems like they started facing tougher defenses after the bye week. Mm. It seems like teams started adjusting. I don't mean tougher as in tougher players. I mean tougher as in more complicated. I thought the Colts threw a little bit more at them out of the bye week than we would typically see from the Colts. And you saw that for the rest of the season last year. Even though I thought Mac actually played pretty well in both of the games against Buffalo. You had multiple turnovers and I think more complicated stuff down in Miami. You got all the exotic blitzes they were doing, which I don't think you saw to the same degree week one. And then you see that again week one this year. The team couldn't handle it. And Baltimore, for all the flaws that they have as a defense this year and as rough as they've been at some points, it's a well-coached team. And they got playmakers there. It's a Harbaugh defense. And they don't have the depth that they usually do. They got some playmakers in the secondary. They probably have the second best safety room in the NFL behind what New England has. And it's it's not a huge difference between the two. They make a lot yeah. of good decisions. And that's the thing. You get more complicated defenses. And Max being forced off the spot a little bit more. He's being asked to do more mentally. And teams made the adjustment and said, all right, we now, through the first however many weeks of the season last year, they realized Mac can beat us. So we're going to adjust so that Mac can't beat us or make things harder for him. And he's been, he's risen to the challenge for most of the game, but it's the killer decisions. Again, yep. it's you're at your average in, I think more than two turnovers, the games since the bye week last year. That's, and that's where the team's at right now. That's why they, they only have two wins in that stretch. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Now, obviously he goes off with an injury x-rays, initial x-rays were negative. Which is a good sign, but, you know, it certainly could be a high ankle sprain. If it's a high ankle sprain, it's, you know, four weeks, six weeks maybe. Like that's... Well, and, and a high ankle sprain, you can be out for the season. You can be back in four weeks. And right. I think the real issue here is you can be back in four weeks but not be the same. You're going to be playing at 80 90% the rest of the season, which yeah, for a guy – like, I thought we saw some really nice throws from Mac today. Nice velocity. Plays where he could step up in the pocket and deliver a laser. And yeah. – we didn't see that. We talked week one a little bit about questioning his arm. We saw a good arm today, which I think is what we thought we would see once the line settled a little bit and there was room for him to make decisions, make plays, and step up. And if he has an, uh, an ankle sprain, that's going to be a factor. Uh, if he's missing time, I don't know how confident I feel about this team with Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi. And if he's done for the year, oh boy, this is we're going to have to have some serious discussions about what the soft season looks like, what the rest of the season looks like. You look at the schedule ahead, the next couple of games, you go to green Bay next week. I am not sure if that's winnable without Mac Jones. You play right. Detroit at home, Detroit team that has looked very good in the, in, on the line of scrimmage this year. I'm not sure if they can win that game without Mac Jones at the Browns, a Browns team that again has looked pretty good on the line of scrimmage. I don't know if you can do that. A bears game at home. You hope you can win that one on Monday Night sure Football. So. Yeah. But, I mean, you got two games against the Jets, a game against the Colts. And it's all right. If you're if he's coming back in that stretch, let's say he's out for a month or he's out six weeks, well, you might, you might be out of the playoffs by the time he comes back. Right. Well, the good news is now six weeks from now, so they have the – as you mentioned, they have that whole schedule. After the Colts game, they do have their bye after the Colts game, and then they come back – with the Sunday night game, I believe, against the Jets. So Sunday afternoon? No, they – oh, yeah, Sunday afternoon. I'm, I was looking at the uh, Vikings, sorry. Yeah. Um, yes, the Sunday night game, the Sunday Sunday afternoon game against the Jets. So 
you do get a buy there. Um, so, you know, that's seven weeks off for Mac, if that's what it is, right? If it's six weeks, he's six weeks out. He gets an extra week before he has to come back. So that's good. But, you know, it's not great. It's certainly not great, right? So so technically he plays eight weeks. He would play eight weeks from today if he missed yeah. six games. But, like, you know, that's like you said, I'm not confident we win a game. I mean, listen, I get that Zappy's not great right now, but. Hoyer stinks. He stinks. Yeah. He's not good. I mean, that game against Kansas City in 2020, if you had even remotely decent quarterback play, you win that game. And Hoyer was just god awful. And yeah. so you lose. And so, like, that's it just I don't know. I don't, and that's two years ago. So I don't know if you're getting anything for Ryan Hoyer. And like I'm very concerned about their ability to win even a game without Mac Jones. And so if you know, maybe they will if, with the defense, but man, it's it's frustrating. And if we get news this week that Mac Jones is out for anything more than four weeks, we're looking at doing some draft podcasts a little bit earlier yeah. than we were expecting to. Yeah, which is tough. I mean, and the flip side of that, the the glass half full is if Mac is out and this team gets a top ten or top five pick next year. All right, now you can go get the the offensive weapon or the offensive lineman or the defensive weapon you want. Um, John in the comments. Hell yeah, draft pods. Uh, I don't know if I'm that enthusiastic about that, John. Yeah, no, no. Me not at this either. point. Not in, it's, it's not even October yet. Um, yeah. But you might be able to add some of those weapons you're hoping to add for Mac. But also, I think it's pretty clear his game needs polishing. He needs time on the field to iron right. his stuff out. Yeah. And Parker is under contract next year. Myers is presumably going to be coming back. Taquan Thornton is going to be here. And you want Mac playing with these guys, especially Parker and Thornton, to build that chemistry because they're right. going to be part of the picture next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to evaluate stuff. It's so it's going to be so tough to figure out what to do in the offseason when you don't know what's going on with some of these players. And if it's if it, no matter which quarterback it is, if Mac is out, you're going to be seeing a lot of eight man boxes. You might be seeing nine man boxes. Yep. They're just going to stack it against the run and say we don't think X quarterback can beat us deep yeah and they're almost definitely right they're probably right yeah yeah it's it's interesting i mean well that's you know you listen to 985 i was listening to 95 on the way home and they're talking about oh you know you should just tank if you don't have mac and it's like bill belichick's never gonna take this it, is never gonna happen right because you know a lot of it comes from culture right we, we don't tank here that's not what we do right i do think as much as i as pessimistic as i am about them winning without mac i will tell you they will win at least one or two of those games, even if only misses six games, because split with the Jets. That's just what they do. That's just what yeah. they do. You know, they just Bill Belichick gives them a chance to win every single game that he coaches. He just does, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, so I think they're going to be okay today. A lot of people went in today saying they got no shot, right? Now they ended up losing by eleven, but they had a ton of chances to win this game, and they just couldn't capitalize, right? So, yeah. as frustrating as that is. You look at that and say, like, hey, they had a chance. They were in the game, um, and, you know, and and we kind of go from there. Now, Taylor, apparently John saying Taylor gave up, that Wise gave up the edge early, which may be why he wasn't out there. Yeah. I don't know. We had three sacks in the first half. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. And I, I, well, I tell you what, what's his name? Uh, uh, Judon okay. made a few nice plays. But also got burned on the edge once or twice, right? And, of course, I'm getting Brian in my mentions. Oh, you, you don't want him to – and it's like, well – 
you got to set the edge. Like, I'm sorry. You got to set the edge, especially if you have you pressure coming yeah. from the inside. Like, it's, I'm just sorry. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I mean, I thought the defensive line was good for most of the game. Um, it's just, right. it's the second half. And it, it's not even the second half. It's those back-to-back 75-yard touchdown drives that I think you want to look. Those are the drives you want back if you're looking right. for something. Absolutely. Um, and that's one, whenever film comes out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever Game Pass decides that it's yeah, yeah. going to be nice. Um, you just got, I will have to look at the front seven and see what was going on there. Because, I mean, this Baltimore offense is so hard to defend with stuff. And this was the first game where their running game got going, which I mean, I think also part of it is they got good players on the offensive line and they know how to execute this run game. And it's so difficult. And there's so many edges you got to worry about. And you got to play so many gaps at the same time. It's just yeah. hard to defend and you're going to give up some big, I mean, even when the game, like we talked about last week, how the offense, like the running game struggled in the second half and they still got a 75 yard touchdown run from Lamar Jackson. Right. He can break off those plays and it's just, there's only so much you can do against that, especially when you don't have some of your better run defenders out there in Lawrence guy and Kyle Tucker. He's just, he's so electric and it's so hard to defend against, I mean, it's just like they got guys running right and then they got guys running left. And then he's sometimes he gives it to him and sometimes he doesn't. And sometimes he pulls it out. And then maybe this guy's got that. And maybe Lamar's. It's like it, there's a million things going on at once. There was one play with Mac Wilson where like they ran a fake jet sweep behind, like orbit, not, not quite orbit motion, but motion behind him. He faked that handoff. Then he faked the handoff going the other way and then he pulled it down. And Mac Wilson's like in the middle of the field, like what the hell am I supposed to do? And then finally drops into coverage. But it's like, it, it, it's it's so incredibly hard to play this team because they have so many playmakers. And I thought for the most part, they did okay. They didn't really allow any big plays. Justice Hill had one long run. Lamar had one or two long runs. But like for the most part, they were there. You know, now they just have to make, and they made, credit to them, they turned the ball over a few times, right? They ripped yeah. the ball. Jonathan Jones makes a nice, you know, rips the ball awesome. out. If we were, nice we're not giving out a game ball today because it's a loss, but if we yep. were giving out game balls, it's probably Jonathan Devontae. Jones and on the offense, Devontae Parker. Those right. are going to be your game yep. balls. 100%. Um, so they, they played well. And I mean, I think the other part of it, you saw um, uh, Jelani Tevea come out for extended periods in the second half because Mac Wilson was just too small. Right. And that's the issue. They got, they got faster at linebacker, which we all asked for, but they also got smaller and, this is the issue with the Baltimore offense. They're asking if if you're too small, they're going to beat you with power, and if you're too big, they're going to beat you with speed. It's an impossible, impossible yeah. assignment there. But at the end of the day, I mean, they, they went for size with Tavea at some points, and I think that was probably the right call because you just needed to hit some of those bodies and make running holes smaller. But again, it's where you wish he had Duggar because yeah. he can play with that power, he can play with that strength. Um, and also, John mentioned that they shot Bateman down. Yeah, Rashad Bateman had a pretty quiet day. Other than he had two two or three catches, which yeah. one of them was a bigger one. But, yeah. So he ended up with two for 59. So he did have, he did have one long catch, but he didn't do much, you know. So, also, can we talk about, just for a second, it's completely off topic. I'm in a, uh, I'm in a knockout pool, and I was so convinced all day that I had taken Cincinnati because I'm like, it's a must win for Cincinnati. They have to win. That's the obvious pick. That's who I'm picking. I even talked about it. My buddy was making a knockout pool pick of his own. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, take Cincinnati. That's who I'm taking. Like, well, well, this idiot on the way home, 
I'm looking at the thing and I'm like, oh yeah, like look at this, all these idiots pick the Chiefs, like this is gonna be great, blah blah. Then I'm like, wait, what? I picked the Chargers. I'm like, oh no, I didn't check it like a moron. Assume that I picked the Bengals because that's who I thought I was gonna pick. I must have picked the Chargers like first, like on Tuesday or something like that. I must have picked the Chargers. And then not oh, and then not switched it. And now they're losing 38 to 10. I and mean, the game's already over. It's five minutes left. But like the worst part is I'm sitting in the parking lot with my buddy, and I'm like, yeah, dude, like you should definitely take the Bengals. Or like I think he ended up taking uh whoever played the Jets today. I forget who he even was. But um, but he's like, Yeah, I'm taking oh, it was uh Philly. He played he took Philly against Washington today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, take the Bengals. Like, that'll be – that's a slam dunk pick. Like, they have to win today because otherwise they'll be 0-3. And, like – and then me, the idiot, Rock. took the freaking charge. I'm like, what a moron, dude. Why would I take the Chargers when the Bengals – when the uh, Chargers look bad? And then Justin Herbert may not even have even played. I, I, don't, I don't know what I was yeah. doing. It's all on that's, me. I should have at least checked. But, I didn't. but anyways. I haven't. I have, like, not checked any of my fantasy teams all day. I was so invested in this game. Can we talk for a second at least? The thing that was nice about today up until the end of the game, that was a fun football game. It was. That was energetic, yeah, uh, entertaining. It felt like, I mean, this is a fun football Sunday up until you see Mac Jones limping off the field, and oh, I want to cry. <laughs> like It just, it, and it's tough to see because, as a Patriots fan, right, we went into the season, and I think most people felt this way. You went into the season knowing you're not competing with the Chiefs. No. You're not competing with the Bills. You're not competing with those teams. But on any given Sunday, you can play with pretty much anyone because you have Belichick. And this year, to me, was about Mac Jones improving, getting better, and being ready for next year. So, yeah, maybe you only win nine games again. That's fine. I was fine with that. It just becomes an issue of I'm looking at it saying you need to improve everywhere. Everyone needs to get a little bit better. And, you know, and that's what we're looking at. Now, if Max hurt for an extended period of time, you're not going to get that. Max not going to improve because he's not out there. Right. And so that sucks. Right. And then you look at it and say, okay, we have some young players we want to see get better. They're not on the field right now. Tyquan Thornton is hurt. Right. Malcolm Jones, Marcus Jones, for whatever reason, though, it must have like, yeah, Piston Belichick soup or something like that. He hates him for some reason. He won't put him out there. I'm not sure why. But we haven't seen him out there, right? So you, you know who you know who has at least been good is Jack Jones. Jack Jones played well. You're right, and I like the fire he brings. He's uh, he brings energy. If you're looking yeah. to have a little bit of leadership on that defense in the post Devin McCourty era, I think yeah, having true. a fiery guy like Jack Jones is nice, um, especially with Duggar. I think you bring a little bit of physicality oh, yeah. and a little bit of playmaking. Yeah, um, which I don't think Mills has had a great start to this season. <clears throat> he has not there. I think there's a world. It's not most likely, but there is a world where Jack Jones ends up playing over Mills at some point this year. Um, yeah, I'd well, you know, he went in. He went in for for Jonathan Jones, which I thought was surprising because I thought Jonathan Jones was playing pretty well. Obviously, you know, he had an interception and then a forced fumble, but he came out. Jack Jones went in, which was a little surprising to me. So, um, I think, I, I think what know. they've been doing this year is they've been giving Jack Jones one series for Jonathan and then one for. Mills, which yeah, I think true. is what they did today. I got to look at the snap counts, but yeah. interesting. Obviously, they're they like him a lot if they're willing to give him a couple series to replacing some of their starters. Which he's a good I think player. That's, I think that's interesting. If the defense as a whole, they've been rotating the heck out of everybody out there. Yeah, um, I think, and I think they have confidence in a lot of these guys to execute. And I think they have executed for the most part. We've seen how good this Miami offense can be now. And you look at the defensive performance they had in week one, that looks a little bit better. Um, 
shutting down Mitch Trubisky last week. And yep. the only guy they really had issues with was MVP Lamar Jackson. Yep. And I still got still forced two turnovers in there. Well, and that's the thing. And like, you know, like we said, like they had moments. Yes, they didn't. They, you know, you got to be better than 37 points, but they had moments where they played well. And that was, it was encouraging to see because you look at it and say like, okay, they got players. They have guys that can do it. And so you were really worried about, do they have guys that can even do it? And now I feel like, I feel pretty confident in saying that they do. And so, yeah, you know, it's not a guarantee, um, but I do think that they have guys that can do it defensively. I think they have guys that can do it offensively. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, Kendrick Bourne, when he's out there, he just, he makes plays. You talk about fire. I mean, this guy brings the fire every single time. He's pumped up. He's yelling out there. Like, I love it. He's still not seeing the field as much as you'd like to see. Um, you know, maybe there are moments out there that that you know that he's not doing what they want him to do, or whatever the case may be. But like, I just feel like you have to get him on the field more because he's, you know, he's good. He's a good player. And and the other part of it too for me, you know, while when you start, you sit there and you look at you know Devontae Parker today. I thought Parker took a big step forward today because there was a lot of miscommunication between him and Mac Jones in the first three, in the first two weeks. And although that interception of the end zone was bad and you wish that, you know, that they would have been on the same page there. Ultimately, that's just a terrible throw by Mac. And yeah, okay, maybe Parker should have read something and should have gotten to the corner of the end zone there, which I do think I do think that was the case. I think that's what he wanted him to do. But it was just a it was just a really poor decision by Mac Jones. So, you really can't blame that one on Parker. But to me, it's, I look at it, you know, it's a little bit of both. That's one right. they're talking about in the receiver room and one yeah. they're talking about in the quarterback room this week. Right. It doesn't really matter Agreed. whose fault it is. You got to be on the same page. Agree. Both of them right. need to get. Yeah. But they did a nice job today. He had a nice back shoulder throw, um, yeah. you know, on the sideline, which was really nice. Then they had one that wasn't so good that he turned back a little bit late. He might've gotten held on a little bit, but he turned back a little bit too late. And so like, so it's not perfect yet, but it's a lot better than it was the first two weeks when Parker was a non-factor. And every time Mac threw his way, it was getting picked off. You know, intercepted twice when he was when he was going for Parker, but like, still, it was much better today um, than it than it had been. And of course, the last throw, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. I guess we go back and look at it. But I guess it really doesn't matter, but I'm not sure if that last throw was because he was getting hit and because he got hurt that that throw was an errant throw over Bourne's head, or if it was something else, or whatever the case may be, but. That's just kind of garbage time at that point. You're down 11 anyways. Yeah, You're not coming back. So I, I don't care that much about that pick in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but yeah, Devontae Parker, almost a career day today. Yeah, Back-to-back 100-yard performances from different receivers. I think if miraculously, if Mac Jones is able to go next week, I think the one big positive from this game is that if your guys are mediocre or worse on defense and you try to play man coverage against the Patriots, they're going to make plays on you. Right. Mac might throw picks, but you can't just sit in man coverage. Right. If that's the case, I mean, that's an improvement from where they've been. They've had one Huge. of the highest man rates against since Mac Jones came in. Um, and if, yeah, if we can keep this up even a little bit with Parker, it doesn't need to be 156 yards every week like he had. Right. Today. Right. If, you can, if he can give you 70, and Aguilar can give you 70, and Bourne can give you 70, whatever you're getting from Myers. I mean, they're not going to all give you 70 every week. There aren't enough throws to go around. But if all of them have that ability, that if they're the main guy, they're going to get you five catches for 70 yards, all of them can do that. And that's a step up from where we've been. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. The one thing I will say, 
you know, another area which continues to disappoint, you know, and just has done it over and over again all year long, so far at least, is the tight ends, right? And, and, you know, John Smith with four catches for 25 yards, Hunter Henry with one catch for eight yards. It's just not good enough. Not good enough. Their best best tight end this year might be LJ Humphrey. (laughs) Right. And that's 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 not great because he hasn't been very good either. So like so that's you know, it's just you have to get more out of those guys. You have to, you know, and Hunter Henry had one catch and it ended up being a first down, but it's like you gotta throw to them more, you gotta get them more involved, they have to be there. And um so that's the one for me that that's frustrating. So get them more involved. Um, and we'll kind of we'll kind of see where it goes. But we do have some questions. So let's let's kind of get we uh, let's get into these questions from Twitter and then we'll get out of here because we've been talking yeah. for almost forty five minutes now. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of them here, and there's one here that's a perfect segue for us to start with. Uh, Brady Boy Twelve asks, "Why is Hunter Henry not making more of an impact?" Uh, just from watching the film, from my perspective, I think he's looked a little bit slower than usual. I don't think he's been quite as refined of a route runner. I think we saw an issue that last week in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, Hunter Henry is just – is it do, – do we think it's possible the reason we're seeing less from the tight ends is because the receivers are better and they're just getting more targets? Do you think, do you think that could be it, Pat? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. I mean, you know, last year though they have the same receivers they had last year, yeah. right? And Hunter Henry was one of his most valuable well, they, targets. Well, they added Devontae Parker, which might be the difference. Well, They're right, but I mean, 11, 11 before today, right? Yeah. Before before today, Devontae Parker hadn't really done anything, right? So, like, you know, that's that's the thing for me is like, yeah, okay, the receivers are better, right? But, like, that still doesn't mean there's a, there's a precipitous drop-off from what it was. You know, that's a massive drop-off. Yeah. And I, I don't think Hunter Henry has been as good at separating this year as he was last year. I, I don't know the reason behind it. I can't give you an answer there. I think it's a story to watch going forward. Uh, and they've asked Jonu Smith. We talked a little bit about Jonu on Thursday when Taylor Kyles came on. But Jonu just is not that polished of a route runner. So mm-hmm. you can't, he's not, apart from like some vertical shots and some jump balls, he's not a guy you target down the field. He's a, a flat option, which that's what he was in Tennessee as well. Nothing's changed. Um, if they expected him to be something different, that's on the team, not on Johnny Smith, because this yeah. is the guy he's always been. Um, I'm surprised. So- I'm surprised they haven't tried to scheme up more things for him to be completely honest with you. I, I'm I'm surprised they haven't tried more stuff with him because it mm-hmm. seems like that would make a lot of sense is to, is to get him, you know, get him the ball. But yeah, and we, we might see more of that in the future, but yeah. yeah. Um, the next question, uh, this is a, a two-parter for you. Zach Attack says, I have two questions. Number one, what's up with Mac? He's always seemed to make good decisions with the ball before this season. And number two, in short situations like the fourth down play, if they insist on throwing a screen, why not use Janu instead of Bourne? I feel like Janu would be better at those. What's your take? Yeah, that's that's the that's the biggest thing for me that like the decision making has gone down. I don't know why. I don't know why. Right. And I, I keep coming back. The image I have in my head is like a, you know, a high school a college freshman who like never drank when he was high school and went went to college and like went crazy and like has gone way over the line. And is like, OK, like now I've learned my limits. I have to like figure it out. I just I wonder if that's if that's, you know, what it is. 
maybe it isn't and i'm hoping that it isn't but like that's it's one of those things it's like it's really kind of unexplainable at this point why he's been so bad um and again he hasn't been so bad he's been pretty good at times but he's made some really boneheaded plays that you just expect him not to make and so that's stuff that that cannot happen that absolutely cannot happen and if it gets cleaned up Listen, if he doesn't make those bad errors and those bad mistakes, they might be 3-0 right now, right? And you mentioned that. Like, the turnovers are killing them. And, of course, Park um, uh, Aguilar had one today. But for the most part, they've come from Mac Jones, right? And and I think I think the, the, the strip sack is on Trent Brown more so than Mac Jones. But still, every other one except for that one has come from Mac Jones, right? So, like, so that's that's where it's like, okay, well, we need to, you know, we need to figure it out here, Mac. Like, if you're not making those mistakes, we're winning these games. So that's something that's going to be challenging. As far as as far as the personnel is concerned, like, yeah, maybe John who's good at that, but like even that born fourth play, fourth and down, fourth down play, I don't care who it's to. That's not that's not picking up a first down, right? So, like, you know, yeah, okay, some of it, sure, I can see, but other other times it's like, what are you gonna do? It's just it was just yeah. bad execution more than anything else. Yeah, and I'll add we touched on it earlier, but I think Mac is seeing a, a higher difficulty of defense now than he was at the start of his rookie year, which is one of the reasons you're seeing more picks. Right. I know PFF last year I think had him 16th in turnover worthy throws, which I mean at 13th, uh, 16th most, which is, that's not bad. I mean right. all things considered, and yeah. and before today I think they only graded him as having two, so we'll have to see what it looks like. But part of this is bad luck. That throw to Devontae Parker week one, even taking away whether or not that's a holding penalty, is not usually an interception. Right. That was an exceptional play. The Minka Fitzpatrick play, I don't know if that's always an interception. That was a that was a great play. There's great plays from defenders mixed in here. Um, but it's the underneath defenders. That's the only pattern that really bothers me is he's just not always seeing guys. He's had a couple right. of dropped pick this year, drop picks this year on those. That's where I want to see him clean it up. And on the Johnu Smith bit. Um, they actually have tried a couple screens to him this season. One worked, or one was like a throw in the flat where he picked up like 15 yards week one. But the other ones, I think two other screen passes to him almost got picked off because defenses read them so quickly. So I don't yeah. – and there there was another one in Miami where he did all right. Uh, he's good after the catch. I'd like to see him get the ball there more, but they have been less successful than I think you'd hope on those. And you mentioned that Bourne play. Not only I don't think Johnny is going to get that first. That's just a really tough situation for anybody catching that ball there. They used Johnny on a similar play last week in Pittsburgh, and he couldn't make the catch. Got broken up. Which I don't. Right. I don't think that was Johnny's fault. I think that was a good defensive play and a little bit on Mac for the read. Right. Um, I, I agree with the overall point. I don't know if in that short yardage yardage situation, um, it's going to make that much of a difference. But yeah, I, something to monitor going forward. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from John. John Limbarakis, a uh, uh, big fan of the show, one of our favorites. Uh, he says, who of the guys you think would make that year two or year three leap has been the biggest disappointment and who has been the biggest, uh, I don't know, positive, the most and least disappointing? He says uh, he thinks Barmore's run defense has been banned, so that gets his bid for most disappointing and then that Duggar looks like a future pro bowler and he's probably the the best of those guys what's your read on that yeah I mean honestly I think the best of those guys have been Mondre like he andre has been fantastic um you know I just he's been awesome 
He's been awesome. And Damian Harris has been good too. But Ramondre can, he's great bouncing in and out of the holes. He breaks it outside when he needs to. He runs with power. He just, he, great catching the ball to the backfield. He's been fantastic. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I think, I think there's a pretty strong argument for him being their best all around running back. Um, he's even been good picking up blitzes and stuff. So like, I've been extremely happy with Ramondre this year. He's been great. Um, you know, of course, Max has been good and Duggar. I've been happy with. Yeah, Barmore is tough because he's been okay. He's been all right, but he hasn't been great. I expected him to be to be dominant this year. I expected him to be one of like a force of nature on the defensive line. And like, again, he's been meh. He's been okay, but you know, not nearly the player that I wanted him to be. Um, and so that. I would say I'm a little bit, you know, he could take the cake for the guy that I'm, um, you know, the most disappointed in just because I thought I had such high hopes for him. And I just, we just haven't seen quite enough. And Andy mentions out, mentions, you know, Dietrich Wise, who like, who last year started coming on. He's been fantastic this year. Like yeah. absolutely fantastic. And of course, like yeah, the 60 year jump. Right. But like, but he's been he's been fantastic, and so like yeah. you know, and whatever, maybe he wasn't set in the edge, maybe he wasn't whatever, but like he's been great. Call him Dietrich Wine because he ages very well. Look at you, yeah. look at you, I love it. Oh yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's been. I think he's just kind of gotten better every year. He's gotten yeah. just a little bit better, and I don't. I think we were a little bit slow to recognize that, but he was the wrecking ball at points today. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, touching on the second or third year guys, I think the other guy who we didn't talk about as a disappointment is Josh Uche, who I don't think has been bad. He was a second round pick and he's just a role player. Yeah. For a guy as athletic as he is, I think this is one of those games where you'd hope he can make an impact. You're going against a guy like Lamar Jackson. Uche has never been a great run defender. He wasn't asked to do that in college. But if he were developed, if he could hit that full potential, he'd be a guy who you might be able to spy Lamar with. He, he has that athleticism and he had a chance for a sack today, couldn't finish the play. Part of that was Judon getting kind of bumped into him, which made that tough. But I think he's been just fine. Um, yeah. Barmore in the running game is the guy I'm going to focus on when I watch this tape back because I want to see what he looked like. But for the the good guys, I mean, I think the problem today, I thought all the second and third year guys, for the most part, were really good today, except I mean, we talk about the issues with Mac Jones, but. Right. For the most part, all those guys were good. Some of the other guys, like Jalen Mills, had a little bit of a rough day at, at points. Um, I didn't think Devin McCourty had a great game. It wasn't bad, but he, he didn't look like a pro bowler today. I think you'd want to yeah. see him break up that pass. Miles Bryant. Uh, Miles Bryant is in his third year. I don't think he's been disappointing relative to expectations, but probably want him to make one or two more plays. My expectations were him not playing as much as he is. So, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Uh, and if you're looking for a disappointment, there's an argument for Onwenu just because he's had his issues, but he's good at winning one-on-one blocks. Right. So he's both uh, a disappointment and exceeding expectations at the same time, depending on what role you're asking from him. Um, you know, well, that's someone was saying, I forget who tweeted out. Was it might've been uh, Barth that tweeted out like this was both the offense's best game and the offense's worst game. Like it just, you know, it was like, yeah. They, when they were good, they were really good. And when they were bad, they were really bad. So, like, you know. And that's that's been true of this team. And you, right. That's why I mentioned that stat about yards per drive. Right. The, Isaiah Wynn's killing me. Killing me. Yeah. Isaiah Wynn's killing me with all the freaking penalties and the holding calls. And the, yeah, another false start. Killed another drive. Same exact thing that happened last week. And then, you know, Folk misses that 52-yarder. 
instead of it being 47 is 52. So it just, it can't happen. Cannot happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's to the point now where part of me is thinking, do you move on um, Wenu over there to right tackle and throw somebody else in at guard? If you think you have a guy, I mean, is it, is there a world where a Ferrance at guard and on Wenu at right tackle pairing is going to be more effective than what you have right now? I don't know. I'm not convinced about that. But the fact that we're in this year five for win and we're even asking that question. This guy is supposed yeah. to be a franchise left tackle. He yeah. hasn't been reliable enough. So they had not to the move case. him to the right side. Um, it's just really tough there. Uh, Agreed. You'd like more from me. So if you're looking for a, a year, five, <laughs> you're looking for a year five disappointment. It's Isaiah win and there a is. year six surprise is Dietrich wise. There you to go, answer your that. question, John. <laughs> Bam. There you go. Uh, we so, have one more question. All right. One more. Uh, so just a fun one, if you will, to wrap things up. Oliver asked, how good is Bryce Young going to look in the Pats white uniform next year? Oliver, I'm not even – is unless unless Bryce Young is switching to wide receiver, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> Love you, Oliver. I truly do. But that's not happening. Sorry. Yeah. yeah that's uh, – I don't, I don't think we're having that conversation with Mac yet. No. Unless unless he comes back from this injury and looks truly awful down the stretch. I think the only way you're looking at moving on from Mac after the season is if you have a top ten pick and it's because of the quarterback play. Yeah. Yeah. He looks he looks better than um Fields right now. I think the only guy he looks better than Mills. The only guy he doesn't look better than is Lawrence. And Lawrence yeah. was the and, number one overall. Well, and not just not not that Lawrence was the number one overall pick. Lawrence was a generational quarterback. Like, you know, the, the best he was, he was the, if he had come out after his true freshman year, he would have been the number one pick. So like, he's a generational guy. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. you know, but anyways, yeah. all right, listen, let's get out of here. We've been here almost an hour. My wife's like killing yeah. me. Cause I, yeah. cause I was away all game. I'm just going to show this comment from John wife got home with Nashville hot chicken. Uh, amazing. I've never had Nashville hot chicken. I really, really want to try it. And that sounds, sounds amazing. Good. I, I'll be telling you, uh, with with a bad loss like this, I'm going to go get McDonald's. I just I do need it. Junk food. Do it. Also, uh, we'll be on Thursday night this week. We'll be live Thursday night this week. Uh, we got a Packers guy coming on with us. We're going to talk, talk about that. And uh, I will not be doing this podcast next Sunday. Matt will, yeah. but I will not be because I will be in Green Bay. Uh, enjoying the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. I'm very excited about that. So, so might be so watching lucky. Brian Hoyer, but I don't care. It's still going to yeah. be in Green Bay. I was, I was, let me tell you, when that schedule came out, I was looking at playing tickets. I was thinking about going to Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, also, I'll tell you, I was in Milwaukee um, this summer. You can see the the brewery sign over my shoulder there. That's a Milwaukee brewery. That's right. Yep. So, that area is fantastic. Make sure you get some cheese curds while you're out there. Oh, they yeah. are. So good. The beer is oh, fantastic. Gonna we're going to hit it all up. We're going to hit it all. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited that, about it. That brewery had sausage flights. Oh, my God. Try a whole bunch of sausages and toppings on them. That sounds so oh, good. Goodness. I'm not even sponsored by that, but I'll just tell you. Go <laughs> go get the oh, – I will plug this. If we have any uh, any people with gluten intolerances who are listening to this podcast and you're looking for beer, that's Lakefront Brewery's specialty up over there. They have one called Lagosarita. It's a margarita-inspired beer, gluten-free. It might be a top five beer that I've ever had. Look at that. 
Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Come for the Patriots talk. Stay for the beer recommendations. <laughs> we might need to drink after. If Mac Jones is out for the year, we're going to be doing a lot of, of alcohol oh, baby. on this yeah. show. Not great. Yeah, it won't be fun. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. We'll see what happens. So, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you later on this week. And hopefully, hopefully it'll be positive news about Mac Jones' ankle. But uh, we'll see. From your, for your, from your lips to God's ears. Exactly. As, as it should be. So, all right, guys. Thanks again. And, uh, and we'll talk to you later on this week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.